Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of your favorite Ravens YouTube channel and podcast. Talking Ravens all day, everything. Joe Justin P. Episode 42 for the YouTube channel and for the audio version of season one, episode 36. Uh, all the links are in the description right there. Uh, we're back. We're back. You know, that's what I was saying. Episode 42. Uh, you know, all the links are in the description for all the other uh, platforms. Today, got my guy back on here and uh, the road podcast now. You know, uh, uh, you know, online gatekeepers. I guess he switched it up a little bit, but um, you know, all his links will be in the description at the bottom. Join the Discord, Discord, I'm sorry. and uh, and the Patreon. You know, sorry, difficulties. I'm, I'm getting going live with the. I appreciate y'all and Hindus. You break it up. Like you frozen and you breaking up. Can you hear me? Yeah, off and on, but it's like it's it's real choppy. Are you in the same room as your modem? If you're in the same room as your modem, make sure that the cord is screwed all the way in. Make sure it's real tight because sometimes that can cause lag and cause these breakups. Ooh. You're frozen. I completely frozen. At first, I could hear you a little bit. I can't really hear you now. So I guess we'll wait till Justin comes back. Hopefully we get these technical difficulties under control and talk a little bit of Ravens talk because of the big news that happened yesterday, what it means going forward. A little bit of the draft preview. I guess on his side, I'm not a draft person too much, but we'll get it moving. Okay. I guess we'll sit back, listen to some smooth sounds until Justin comes back and we get anything situated. Give him a minute. Doing that shit on my phone, bro. That's ridiculous. You still there, Hindu? Yeah, me. Okay, all right, yeah. Um, go ahead and finish what you were saying. Sorry, everybody. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I got everything hooked up. I turned some stuff off. I was better off doing this off the phone. Um, <laughs> it takes it takes a little getting used to. Um, yeah, I know on my on my other on my other laptop, I had the same problems. Yeah, like it would freeze. I couldn't get it through. OBS wasn't working. But sometimes you got you got to play with the settings. And also, like I said, if you're in the same room with your modem. Make sure that the, the line is tight to it because you can cause it causes lag sometimes a signal bleed if the lines aren't tight on there. Just I mean everywhere. Mm-hmm. People don't people don't normally know that. Nah. You still frozen. 
the line that, so the, the actual the actual I mean, co the coaxial cable cord that's going into the modem make sure it's screwed all the way in and down in the wall right in the wall and in the modem so it's either white or black cord uh, going into your modem I didn't catch none of that. Like, you are frozen. Did I get some detection? Now on your laptop, are you are you still on Wi-Fi or uh, is it showing up hardwired? Because if you left the Wi-Fi on, you still may be on there. Okay, let me go try. Yeah. Yeah, I'm here, here, dude. I'm on my phone now. Oh, yeah, you straight now. Yeah, I don't get it how it works better on the phone than, than it does on the computer. I'm, I'm lost. It, 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 it depends on the sometimes the strength of the computer, how much memory you have, if something's holding back. Like, I'd have to, I would have to look at your computer or somebody. Is it a brand new laptop? Yeah, brand new. I got it fresh off the thing, off the box. You seen the model, didn't I send you the picture? Yeah, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Cause you were getting good enough speeds, but yeah, that's weird. All right, man. So, um, you want to just uh just reschedule? Cause I know you got a dip, so you want to just reschedule? No, nah, let's just. Be, I got a little time to run through this. It ain't gonna take that long. Let's right. just run through it. All right. Um. Yeah. Damn. I had to. Uh, I had my mock drafts like. Um, on here, so I don't feel, I'm trying to figure out. I might have to leave out and, and get them out the thing. So, well, I mean, which one? You wish up first. So, we're going to do our mock drafts, everybody. So, I'm like, I'll let I'll Hindu go first. All right. So, you know, my mock draft, I'm not a draft guru. I used to be into the drafts, but for some reason this year, I really wasn't feeling it. But for my mock draft, in the first round, I got uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver, Ohio State. I know a lot of people are going to sit back and say, well, you know, we just signed Odell Beckham Jr. yesterday. Why do we need a wide receiver? My question to you all is, why do we sign cornerbacks but still draft cornerbacks? Facts. Why is it always one way for one thing, but then it's something else for another? Plus, uh, Odell signed a one-year deal. That's the part that kind of gives me pause because if he is only signing here for the money and to showcase his skills, he's gone next year. And we're going to be right back in the same situation looking for a wide receiver. So then why not get somebody in the first round that we know is a number one, that we know can get open, that can learn from Odell before he leaves and actually lead this team into the future. Um, second round pick, you know, I appeased the masses. I went, I went cornerback because, you know, it's not a Ravens draft if we don't draft a cornerback. So right. I, went, uh, uh, I went and got Clark Phillips III, the cornerback from Utah. Okay, you know I think I think he's a little more technically sound than uh, Brandon Stevens, so I, I just think we need to. And in part, listen, I'm not. I don't want to dog Brandon Stevens. I just think the Ravens need to put him in a position where they're going to keep. Are you going to put him in safety? Or are you going to put him in corner? Let him play that one position and learn it because he was raw coming out of college. Um, fourth round, I got wide receiver Rashi Rice out of SMU. Can't have too many. You can't have enough wide receivers in my book. Like I know people, I know people think we were set with Aguilar, Bateman, Odell. But my question is, what if Bateman and Odell get hurt? We're in the yeah. same situation that we in last year. 
So I say we double down because every draft we double down on one position. Whatever position we normally get in the first round, we normally get with our third pick. So we're double down on that. Um, fifth round, I went and had them get Dorian Thompson Robinson, quarterback from UCLA. Like it or not, we don't know the situation going on with Lamar. I know everybody thinks that yesterday was a day to celebrate because it means Lamar's coming back because he and Odell party. Even if Lamar comes back, it could be just a one-year event. We don't know if it's long-term. If Lamar leaves, why not get a rookie in here that can kind of learn the ropes a little bit just in case things go south next year and maybe take over in the future? Not saying that he'll be ready year two, but it gives us an opportunity because we don't know what's going on with Tyler Huntley. Somebody can give Tyler Huntley a $5 million contract and sign him away. We don't have the money right now to it. So technically, we don't have – we only have one quarterback on the roster. This is the one thing that I think um, a lot of the fans don't really pay attention to. Lamar's not on our team. Huntley's not on our team. They have not signed their tenders. So they are not, they are not a part of this 53-man roster as of right now. So why not go out and get people that you know are going to be here and that you can develop? Um, sixth round, I took Jackson Kirkland, the guard from Washington. I think, you know, he's a big boy, 6'7", 320 pounds. I think we need some kind of reassurances at guard because we don't know what's going to happen with Ben Cleveland. You know, we need that uh, replacement for Ben Powers. I just think we need somebody in there we can kind of develop because it's a lot of uncertainty on the offensive line. I know a lot of people think that this offensive line is a lot better than it was because PFF said that we had the top five offensive line. If you actually watch the games, it was not the case. So, you know, we bring, you know, the Ravens are a height, weight, speed team. So you get a big dude in there and hopefully he can compete. Yeah. Um, I, I... Those are some good mock drafts, man. Those were really good. Uh, me, oh, I'm somebody leave out for a second and look at my um, little sheet I got. So if y'all don't see me on the screen, y'all know what I'm doing. I'm gonna go to Uh, on this one uh, mock, uh, I traded down. With, uh, what was it? Was it KC? I felt it was Philly and got a next year second. I took Quentin Johnston right there at 30. I'm going to see. Uh, and I took Jalen Jalen Jones. I think I want to say pick 80, 86, the corner out of Texas a and 6'2", uh, big physical corner. I'm going to see what I took the other picks. Hold on one second. Uh, and the 124, I took Emil uh, Core Jr., guard out of Alabama, uh, to replace uh, Ben Powers. You know him and Ben, him and um, Ben Cleveland probably going to compete for that spot. You know, mm-hmm. and the 157. Hold on, back. 157. I took uh, on a Daniel Tate Dell, wide receiver out of Houston. They, you know. Everybody talk about the size, but Hollywood was small like that, and they made plays each year. His numbers True. got better. And you put him in a situation where he would talk monkey, I think he'll, you know, he'll succeed because he'll be the third or fourth receiver. He won't, you know, have to immediately contribute. And then 199, I took uh, running back Cameron Peoples out of uh, what's, 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 what's Appalachian State, man. He, you know, he had over 1,000 yards, big physical runner. It's like I said, you know, Gus, he, who knows how long he's going to be here. And plus, if somebody get hurt, now you got another guy. Where's though Justice Hill? I know we resigned him, but. You know, is he a guy can you trust to give him 15 carries in a ball game? Like, you know, with his fumbling history. So, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> you know, it, it's just up in the air with him. And I did have one more, two or one. This other one I traded back to like uh, 46 and acquired a whole bunch of picks. I took Jalen Hyde, wide receiver out of Tennessee. You know, I, I just you know we gotta fill out the roster because five draft picks are not gonna be enough. 63 took uh, I took Julius Brents, 
the cornerback of the um, Kansas State, 6'3", 6'4", guy. He's on a visit today here with the Ravens, actually. So, you know how ironic that is. <clears throat> and then, uh, number 71, I took Isaiah Forsky, edge rusher out of Notre Dame. Like I said, uh, Daffy Oway. Yeah. And Jabo, they're going to probably be off starters with Ty's Bowles. I will take him. So, we need one more guy. Because right now, we only got three um, edge rushers on the roster. And then we all say <clears throat> the first two, three weeks in the season, they're going to get tired. So, you got to have some more depth right there. So, I got Isaiah Forsky right at 71. 76, I want wide receiver again. Um, Cedric Tillman, his teammate. You know, uh, we took him at 46. So, why not go double down? And get you know get his running mate. You know they both know how to feed out of each other. Um, I think he had, he had over the, I think both of them had over a thousand yards. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, seven touchdowns. He's six one six two. He can stretch the field and he can go across the middle. So that was the pick right there. Seventy six. Eighty nine. I took Luke uh, Whippler, uh, guard out of Ohio State. You know to come plug in for Ben Powers right there. So you know the way Ben Cleveland just won't be handed the job. Ninety five. I took Eli Ricks, corner out of Alabama, uh, six one six two. Uh, you know. He, you know, we like them Alabama corners. We got Jalen Allen Davis and Marlon Humphrey. And then we had uh, Anthony Everett. <laughs> so, you know, we got another one right here. But this guy actually can play for sure. So, you know, he, he could be that guy to fight for that second cornerback spot with him with him and Julius Prince. Plus, the way how the league is now, you can never have too many corners. Like you just say, you can never have too many receivers. You can never have too many corners. Right. Uh, 124, took Dwayne McBride, running back out of UAB. You know, he just came here on a visit, him and Quentin Johnston, I think, last week. So, you know, like I said, Justice Hill, I know he's there, but he's not a guy I feel comfortable with. If J.K. or Gus go down there, he can run between the tackles and not from the football. Like, he's a good special team, and that's why he's still here. But we still need another running back, in my opinion. So, I got I took Dwayne McBride right there. Okay, 157, uh, Rakeem Jarrett, uh, receiver out of Maryland. He played right up the street. So, you know, the last time we took a receiver out of Maryland, he did fairly good. You know, helped us win a Super Bowl, you know. So, I think we uh, I think we need to go back there again. Like, we passed on Stephon Diggs when he came up. We passed on um, DJ Moore, you know, which were big, big misses on us. So, we go back to College Park again to get Rakeem Jarrett, man. You know, that kid can go up and attack the football, man. He had, you know. He, you know, he had Tua's brother looking real good out that time. So, you know, that's 157. We get a local kid to help out with the receiver. 172, I took Jared Hall, quarterback out of BYU, because he's mobile. You know, got a okay arm. Just like you said, when you took the quarterback, Dorian Thompson, just like, you know, uncertainty with Lamar and Tyler Huntley right now. So you get a guy in there that's mobile and that can learn some things, and you know, and he'll be dirt cheap, you know, in case you know Lamar get a deal he can't refuse and say, no, nah, I'm not coming back to Baltimore. At least he'll have some weapons with Odell Beckham, Cedric Tillman, um, you know, Jalen Hyde, and all those other guys like that. So he won't be asked to do much. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, right here was Patrick Queen replacement that I took, uh, Cam Jones. Linebacker out of Indiana, you know, uh, three three uh three down linebacker can blitz, you know, six two. I think he's like two thirty five. So you know, got, got pretty good size. Me personally, I think we should trade Patrick Quinn and get a second or a third because, like I said, you can. We're not getting a second. Like all ball linebacker. We're not getting a second for Queen. He's in Algo Door. <laughs> no, no, we're not getting. We're not getting a second for Queen. I can't. Even. We're not getting a second. We're not getting a second round pick for Queen. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But um, yeah, so I I took um, Cam Jones right there, and uh, at two seventeen, I took uh Kentrell Clark, cornerback out of uh Louisville, He's like five eleven, one ninety five. You know, to add more depth to that secondary, you know, to have never too many never too many corners, it's a passing league, and then. At 249, I took uh, edge rusher Robert Bill Jr. out of Georgia. So I don't know a lot about him, but 
you know, if we play on defense and won a national championship, so obviously, you know, you can bring something to a table. If not, be just a rotation guy for the first year anyway. All right. Um, let's talk about some late-round sleepers that everybody not, you know, focusing on, you know, just regardless of position, you know, it could be offensive line, defensive line, just anybody that you know, like, all right, this kid can help us here if we take him in the later rounds. Um. What is it, DeMarvion Overshawn, inside linebacker, Texas. Um, he uh, played safety when he first came to college, so he has a little bit of coverage skills. I think that he can actually come in and – yeah, I can hear you. Oh, you can't hear me? I, I can hear me. Let me see. Hold on. I'm going to leave out and come back in. You hear me now? All right, there we go. You hear me now? Yes, sir. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, it's been a lot going on for them. You good. But go ahead. <laughs> uh, inside linebacker, DeMar Beyond Overshawn, inside linebacker from Texas. Like okay. I said, he he was uh, he started college as a safety, so he had some coverage skills. I think he could be possibly a suitable replacement if we trade a patch of queen. I agree. Okay. I totally agree with that. So just him, nobody else? Um, Possibly Jaden Reed, wide receiver, Michigan State. If like if if we pass on, you know, if we do the Raven thing and get a cornerback in the first round and do something else, possibly get an edge in the third, he may be a sleeper late round pick that we can actually plug and play. He can play the slot. You know, he's he's what five eleven, but I think he has spent time playing outside, so he wouldn't be intimidated going out there maybe making some catches. Maybe he can be what we thought Tylen Wallace was. Right. I agree. Okay. Uh, I mean, you can list as many as you want. No, no. I know. That's that's about it for me. Like I said, I'm not a real big draft person right now. Not this year. Okay. Me, uh, Dwayne McBride, the running back, he's definitely a sleeper. Like I said, let's get it. Seven point yard, 7.9 yards to carry, basically eight yards to carry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, I, like I said, Justice Hill's okay, but he's not a guy that I feel comfortable with. It's not a running back. It's, you know, he'll make a big, he'll make a good play, then turn around, fumble the ball, drop a pass, or miss a key block to get somebody hurt. So we still need somebody to add in that uh, wide receiver. Xavier Hutchinson out of Minnesota. I like him, man. Six two, six three, nine. He ran four four four, so he has decent speed. Yeah, like what? Uh, he had a thousand yards a year. Mm-hmm. Average. 12 yards to catch, so he can move the sticks. So that's uh, definitely in my eye with him. And then another receiver as well, Bryce Ford Wheaton out of West Virginia. He ran, um, he ran a 4-3, he went 4-3-6. So, you know, he's going to climb up and fight to like third and second round tier. But I definitely like his game. You know, West Virginia quarterback play was horrible. So, you know, they still mm-hmm. And then um, offensive line, I'm going to go Jared Patterson, God out of Notre Dame. You know, he's, you know, he can move, you know, he can pick up blitzes and stuff like that. Very smart. He's a center, but he's going to play guard on the next level. So, you know, we can get him in here and have him compete with Ben Cleaver for that guard spot. I think, you know, it'll be good, healthy competition because, like I said, um, you know, Ben Powers outplayed this contract. That's why he's in Denver getting the bag. Another guy, uh, Bryce Young, defensive tackle out of Alabama. Like I said, no Calais Campbell. So we, you know, get you plug another guy right there that got a motor. Like I said, our inside interior pass rush has to be a lot better because if quarterbacks are stepping up in the pocket, it doesn't matter what's coming off the edge. <laughs> right. Like, like with Pittsburgh, they got pressure from inside and outside because Cam Hayward and, and those guys up there, they're, they're, they're making quarterbacks not step up comfortably. So now TJ Watt and High Smith and those guys can get around the corner and make plays. So you definitely need some better inside pressure. I think Byron Young brings that. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Comical corner, Julius Brents. Like I said, big corner, 6'3". You know, he get his hands on the line of scrimmage, that's it. That's all she wrote. So, <laughs> you know, so. 
that's that man, that's about it right there. Honestly. That's about it. So, all right, next part of our um, show. All right, uh, this whole Lamar situation is EDC fails to um, reach a deal with Lamar, has to end up trading him. How you think that will affect his life? Yeah, it, listen, it depends on who you ask. You know, we have we have a divided fan base. You know, we have that fan base that thinks that EDC can do no wrong. You know, like earlier you said, how, you know, we don't have enough draft picks in this draft this year, right? Mm-hmm. And that got me thinking, why don't we have enough draft picks? Over the past four years, we've had 38 draft picks. What other team has had 38 draft picks in four drafts? How, you can only you can only keep so many people. So why do we constantly have to overdraft just to release players? You know what I'm saying? Then you have that sector that thinks that EDC can't do nothing right. I think EDC can trade. Like he makes he's made good trades. So I think as far as what's going on with Lamar and his legacy, I think it's I, I have an indifference to it because to me, when if Lamar leaves, it has nothing to do with EDC. I believe in my heart of heart that EDC wants to sign him at all costs. But Bashadi ain't having it. Bashadi, like, I know what you want to do, but I ain't letting you spend all this money. Because if you look at the if you look at the contract talks with Odell, all you kept reading was Bashadi, Bashadi, Bashadi. He was talking to him, he was hanging out with him. You know what I'm saying? He was giving, he was letting him know what's going on. I don't hear Bashadi doing that with Lamar. And this is the guy that has produced for your franchise for five years. So I think as far as EDC's legacy, in certain circles, he's going to get blamed if Lamar is to move on. But to me, it's not his fault. He has limited control over this organization. And that comes to even drafting because it's Bashadi, then it's Harbaugh, then it's him. So for the people that know, it's just, you know, it's just bad breaks. Like you waited all, you waited 20 years to be the general manager of a franchise that does not give you full autonomy over what's going on. And you gonna, you're going to get all the blame for all the ills that happen to this franchise going forward. Oh, uh, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I totally agree. Like I said, he can't. Um, it's not What's his up, money. Guy? Yeah, it's not his money. So he can't uh, say, hey, Lamar, here, five years, 245 million guaranteed. Like, he can't do that. That's up to Steve shot. So, mm-hmm. like, Jimmy Hasson said, by all costs, I, got, I can't keep making make, Mayfield. So I got to do what I got to do to get Deshaun Watson. You know, so it's just Steve Bashad. was the first one against that contract. So you already know he's not going to probably budge because. You know, he said, hey, you can go ahead and go somebody else. If we stink for the next couple of years, so bad. Like, so, you know, we'll just drive dra- dra- another quarterback in the top five. You know, it's it's, it's just a it's just a it's a it's a rotten situation. Lamar probably can um done some things better in his negotiation. And so what? Could I, like what? Uh probably get a legit legal uh, and I get no and I'm gonna I'm let me clear this up if I say this. I know players make make deals with uh you know GMs and owners all the time about uh Agent, quote unquote, but as a quarterback, I think you should have should have an agent because that's the top spot. And then you know, you want to go ahead and have uh, somebody that really can take the harsh criticism, like you know, because you gotta think Rashad and be like, hey, you're not Joe Bell, hey, you're not Josh Allen, you know, hey, Jalen Hurts just took his things to the Super Bowl, you you know, what have you done for them in the postseason? They might try to use that as a as a, as a defense mechanism why he shouldn't get paid as like you know as a player with an Allen and stuff like that. Right, and so. I'm going to say I disagree with you on this because okay. my thing is this. I, as a player, want you to tell me how you really feel about me. I don't want you telling my agent one thing and him lying to me, sugarcoating it. you good. You come to me, my playoff record, I haven't taken this. I'm not this, I'm not that. Bet. It's not. It's no. As we see now going forward or, or the past couple of weeks, the, the Ravens have been the emotional ones. Lamar's chilling. So while you tell me how you feel about me, now let me tell you how I feel about you. You went and got an offensive coordinator that you kept for at least two years too long. You never brought any offensive weapons into this to this organization to help me win. I have been your leading passer and leading rusher since I became the starting quarterback of this team. So when you tell me what's wrong with me, let me tell you what's wrong with you. It goes both ways. So I don't need an agent to tell me that. And Lamar and a lot of people want to say that Lamar is not having an agent because he's trying to save two to three percent. That's not why he's doing it. And. And him being at the quarterback position, theoretically, his market is already set. 
Now, they can say Russell Wilson. They can say Kyler Murray. But I'm better than Deshaun Watson, and I'm the next man up. Everybody can talk about fully guaranteed. No one has ever heard them all come out of his mouth and say, I want a fully guaranteed contract. At all. So all the speculation about that. So I don't need it. I don't need representation. I have representation. I just don't have an agent. Most agents are lawyers. Guess what I have on my team? A team of lawyers. I just don't have a bunch of guys that are in cahoots with head coaches and GMs to get certain deals done. So that I need an agent thing has nothing to do with it. You know what? You know why else Lamar doesn't need an agent? Because if the Baltimore Ravens walked up to him and said, I see your value. Let me slide this number over to you real quick. And it's the number that he's been looking for. We don't need anybody to discuss anything. It's a done deal and it's a wrap. So all of that stuff is null and void. And my last point is going to be, you said they're going to say to Lamar, you got a one and three playoff record. Now, I'm not even going to bring up the fact that your coaching staff that you hired switched it up on us when we got to the playoffs. I'm not going to bring that up. What I am going to bring up is a quarterback that has an 0-1 playoff record, blew a 20-point lead, a 20-something point lead, and is about to get a $500 million contract. So I don't need an agent to say these things for me because I'm bringing it because I don't want – I don't when I talk to my team, I don't want anything to get misconstrued. I don't want anything to get watered down. You told me how you feel about me, bet. Cool. I want to, like, I'm a person that wants to know. I don't want to speculate, guess, or do anything. I want to know. So that way, in turn, I'm going to tell you how I feel about you and what you haven't done. And when I bring up all of these things that you haven't done for me, but all of the things I've done for you, what we got to talk about? Mm-hmm. I, yes, I may want 300 million, 230.5, 231 mil guaranteed. But how much money have I made this organization since I became a starter? How many primetime games have I gotten us because I'm the starting quarterback? How much merchandise has been sold because of me? So that $300 million I'm asking for, you've gotten that back tenfold. Absolutely. And we'll continue to get it back because it's not about money with Steve Bashotti. It's about control. And, and yeah, you're right. And, and the piggyback, you know, what you just said. <clears throat> you're right. Like you said, Justin Herbert blew a um, 20-point lead. Calamari got to the playoffs. Got his the kicked. worst. He had the worst playoff game you could have and then went out and got a new contract. Right. And, yeah, and they still surrounded him with weapons and all that. Like I said, um, you know, Dak is only two and one in the playoff or two and three, whatever it is. Like, his playoff record is not that much better. Like, so it's like, he, what do we He just won his second playoff game. Exactly. He, like, so Cousins uh, got one playoff on literally one. So it's like, what are we talking about here? Like, so <laughs> it's like it, it, other variables play into playoff success. Like, Lamar had 500 yards against the Tennessee Titans, but they had 10 drops. Derrick Henry ran for what? No, 195 was sitting there front center. So I'm just sitting there like, man, what the hell? But people don't want to put, talk about the six runs. We ran the ball six times. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I we. Know, I know Mark Ingram was hurt not to cut you off, um, Henry, but you had Gus the bus. It was but, four one in the field goal range. Take your points, Harbaugh. Now you play renegade ball at the wrong time. We were that season, we set the record, the all time rushing record in history for rushing. And you go into a game and rush six times. And your head coach showed me a little something recently when he was like, he only ran the ball three times this game. You're the head coach. You're supposed to know this stuff. So that tells you the type of leadership that I'm dealing with as a player. But yet and still, I'm getting on this field and I'm still producing in spite of the ineptitude that you put on this field behind me. So what? why do I need a lawyer to say all of these things to an organization? I'm sorry, why do I need an agent? Because I have lawyers. I have advisors. You know, people want to use the excuse of, well, he's the NFLPA is using him as a guinea pig and they're doing this and this and that. Of course they are. That's what they're designed to do. That's what any business is designed to do. The NFL is designed to take advantage of players. They're doing what, they, they doing what they've done and what they've been doing for years. So Lamar ain't worried about the NFLPA. Lamar ain't worried about the NFL. Lamar ain't worried about the Baltimore Ravens because he's a different kind of dude. He's worrying about what's best for him and what he wants to do. Everybody want to make fun of his his home, his all-in-one gym. Everybody want to make fun of the fact that he's not out here uh, acting a fool. But what nobody's saying is, you got this young black man from Pompano, Florida. He don't look like most quarterbacks. He don't talk like most quarterbacks. But he has got to be the most respectful quarterback that you will ever see. 
come across here. Yes, ma'am. No, sir. He ain't causing no troubles. He ain't taking down no pictures. He's not causing any commotion. But everybody got so much negative stuff about to say, to say about this young man. And all he said was, pay me what I'm worth. And then isn't that what all uh, sports figures want? Isn't that what all athletes want? Pay me my value. And unfortunately, if we want to get technical with it, his value is a number one quarterback, QB1. His value is running back one. So you take top five salaries from the quarterbacks and the top five salary average from the running backs and you combine them and you start from there. If you want to get technical about this stuff, if you as the Ravens want to come to me and ask me and talk about my production and everything, that's my production. Look at my record with me. Look at your record with me. Look at your record without me. And then we'll move on from there. And I, that's the last thing I'm going to say before I walk out this meeting. And it's the God on truth. Like I said, everybody can say we still made the playoffs. Well, no, we didn't. Like, we already had eight wins when Tyler Huntley took over. And, like, and that shit was hard to watch, man. Did people not watch that fucking um, still, the Steelers game, man? We damn, if it wasn't for Roquan and Patrick Queen, we'd lose that game. Like, if, it, like, if it wasn't for Mitchell Trubisky, we'd lose that game. If right, if, right. if if baby hands would have started that game, we'd have lost. For sure. For sure. For sure. Because we couldn't move the ball. And then it was just a mess. Then I guess the Falcons, I was up there below zero because the tickets were cheap. Mark mm-hmm. Andrews throwing his helmet at him, cussing him out like, bro, why are you scared to pull the trigger? I'm wide open in the end zone with a 510 safety on it. But see, this is this is one of the issues that I get or that I have with the fan base and, and, and certain things that go on. We want to highlight mediocrity. Like, yes, mediocrity is great. My kids got C's in school. I'm a I'm going to hand clap him, but then I'm going to pull him aside and say, yo, I know you can do better. And that's the only reason I have a problem. People don't realize we played a fourth place schedule last year. We played some of the worst teams in the NFL and barely made it. And all everybody want to talk about is, man, we almost beat the Cincinnati Bengals. That's all they want to talk about. We almost beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Did we beat them? And if we would have beat the Cincinnati Bengals, would we have won the, was that the Super Bowl? Like, they act like this is some moral victory. Oh, we almost beat the Bengals. Okay, then what? Then what? Like, what does that mean? When are we going to start thinking, yo, hey, we had a good year. We didn't do what we were supposed to do. I- I'm tired of these we almost. We should have. We could have. Like, yo, this is not a good team. And we damn sure are not a good team without Lamar. We are a competent team. We are a successful team. But we're not an upper echelon organization. So we need to stop being happy with, Hell, we went 10 to 7, first round playoff exit. It's not what we want. Are we spool fans? Or am I a spool fan? Yes, I am. Listen, I grew up, I'm gonna tell you when I grew up, but my sports teams of the 90s was the Bulls and Duke University. So all champions. Just all that decade, I'm just getting and sometimes in the same year, just championship at championship at the championship. So am I spoiled? Yes, I am. When I see when I see greatness, I demand greatness. And that's what this organization has shown us since its inception. Greatness. So I don't tolerate mediocrity. I don't celebrate the oh uh, yo, we almost oh man, we almost beat them. You know, we were almost a good team. I don't celebrate that. I celebrate when you have a season like we had in 2019 and this team decides they're going to go all in and say, "You know what?" We drafted Lamar, but we really didn't think he was going to be this quarterback. None of us did. None of us thought Lamar was going to turn into what he turned into. We thought he was going to be exciting, good for the team. But when we saw he could throw the ball, that's when this team should have said, I'm going all in. I know what our philosophy is, but get this kid everything he deserves, and let's see what happens. Because if we gave Lamar everything in 2020 that he needed and we were still where we are right now, it would be no questions of, does Lamar deserve a fully guaranteed contract? Does Lamar deserve two hundred plus million dollars? You know what I'm saying? Because we would know we've given him everything he needs, so we know what caliber of quarterback that he is. People ask me from other fan bases to this day, how good is Lamar Jackson? I don't know. I don't know if he's as good as we think he is, or if he's worse because he's never been put in a situation where he's been given a competent offensive coordinator, and he's been given adequate weapons to see if he's a top five quarterback. So all we can do is speculate off of glimpses and sample sizes. Yeah, like that game against the Colts. Like we talk about specific moments. 
because he's willed this team to victory so many times. But we don't know where Lamar is, and I think that's part of the negotiation issues is the team doesn't know where Lamar is, and they never really believed in him enough to give him what he needed, so they don't know how to pay him. But if you'd have given him everything he needed, it would be it would eliminate all excuses. You know what I'm saying? All excuses would be gone. So now when we sit down at the table and you say, hey, Tony, you don't do this, 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 and this. And I'm like, you're right. All right, so what we talking about? Oh, we can offer you this. That sounds fair. But because I haven't had that help and I had to carry everything on my back, when you say, Tony, you ain't this, this, and this, I'm going to look at you and be like, what have you done? What have you done for me lately? And if you continue to expect me to shoulder the burden of a franchise, because that's what he's doing, no matter how many defensive players we sign, no matter how many defensive players we draft, this is on Lamar, season after season, game after game. So since everything's on my shoulders, you're going to pay me. You know what I'm saying? Jay-Z said it in one of his little skits. You ain't winning any playoff games? Fuck you, pay me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ain't nobody coming to the stadium? You pay me. And that's, you know what I mean? That's, and that's how it is. And that's all I got to say about that. I'm sorry. I ain't mean to rant off like that. No, it was actually good, good dialogue. Uh, like you said, um, you know, uh, how many quarterbacks you can put in front of the mall? Maybe like, what, two? But but if you put if you put Lamar in Joe Burrow's situation, they have a Super Bowl. Easy. Easy. No you give him you give him three number one receivers, Samaj P. Ryan, Joe Mixon. Yeah, because Lamar gets away from Aaron Donald and makes that pass. It wouldn't even have been that close of a game, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so that's why everybody tries to say this and that. Well, his numbers then got worse since 2019. That's for one. Like you say, his supporting casting got worse since then. Then you know, and he's injury prone. He's he's played what 70 something games and started 60 something. That's 90. percent So I don't get the whole. It's just the fact that his injuries came at the wrong time of the year. So it feels like that. But like Joy Taylor said, if you had quarterbacks that miss a whole entire year. Mm-hmm. And this and that, and then miss games like Lamar's invaluable for the most part. So she said she don't get that narrative. So right, and the thing that and, and and you know you first of all you all you know it's we know it's all game. All of this is game. You know what I mean? The the scouts. What's up, Ravensy? The scouts, GMs, everybody else. They know what the real is. And I've said this before. They want to say, oh, you know, he keep getting hurt. He can't finish the season. It's not the hit. And somebody said this about, um, I think it was uh, rupturing an Achilles or something like that. They was like, it's not the move that you make that ruptures the Achilles. It's what happened three weeks prior to weaken your Achilles. So if you looked at the games throughout the season, it's games that we've been up double digits late in the fourth quarter. And they call Lamar to run up the middle. You got to realize, hit taking these hits weakens the bodies. That's why they devalued the running back position. Because once you take too many hits, you start slowing down, you start getting injured. So why are we up 14 with three minutes left? And you running Lamar up the middle. Uh, on Twitter, the little play that they show on where they got Mark Andrews playing QB in the Wildcat, he pitches the ball to Lamar. You constantly keep taking unnecessary hits for no reason. It's going to weaken your body till that one time you get hit the wrong way, you out. Because if you actually look at the Denver hit, he didn't really hit him that hard. Because he didn't get injured at that point. He got injured weeks before being hit unnecessarily. And then that dude jumping on his back was just a straw that broke the camel's back. So GMs and them, they know he's not injury prone. They know that the way that the Ravens utilize him puts him in position to get hurt. That's very true. Like I said, like anybody said, his style of play get him hurt. And that's false. He got hurt both times. Dropping back to pass, and, and we couldn't pick up a backside, a backside, a backside bandit that was coming free. You well, mean that beat the beat the block and then came free? But you mean that top three offensive line that we got? <laughs> yeah, so it's like that's one thing. If he took off and tried to run somebody over, and it would be all over him. But that's not the case. So, mm-hmm. You know, like it's his fans that switched up on him so quick, and it's just so sickening. 
Then you got people dividing the fan base. Man, you've been fans since they won, man, but they still try to say, oh, y'all Lamar fans. Like, how? You can be a fan of your favorite team and still want them to keep their best player. You don't hear the Bengals. You would never hear no Bengals fans say, oh, y'all Joe Burrow fans because y'all want Joe Burrow to take the money. No, right. stupid shit sounds. But that's the Ravens fan base for you. They love saying dumb sh- They love saying dumb stuff out their mouth. Like, I can't support my organization and I can't support my quarterback. And that's the problem with us. It's never a duality with us. We can never do two things at one time. Hey, we Lamar asked for a wide receiver or an offensive lineman, and we went out and got him an offensive lineman. Why can't you get him both? And that's the problem. As fans, we've been brainwashed by this organization. We can only do or focus on one thing. I can be a supporter of this organization, and I can still love Lamar wherever he goes and want him to be this quarterback because we've seen without him. I had an argument with a little kid or some one of my child's friends on Facebook talking about, man, these seats was filled and we was winning and all this stuff before Lamar so he can go. I said, see, you one of them kids that came around when Lamar came around because you don't remember 2013 to 2017 minus 2015, shout out Gary Kubiak, you don't remember those years when we weren't winning and the stadium wasn't full. Like, y'all don't remember those years. Y'all just know Super Bowl year, Lamar years. They forget everything else. Yeah. Cal Bowler era was hard to watch, man. They, they rape Trump wrote with that way out of defense was built. We should at least had two, three more Super Bowls. But, yeah, and that's, yeah. and yeah. that's why I say defense does not win championships. 2006, 2004 Ravens. Defense was better than the 2000 Ravens. I don't give a care what you say. I, I, I'm a Justin, disagree. Justin. Okay, I know you, you You love to disagree with what I say, but just, this is what I need you to do, Justin. No, I what? don't. I you agree with a lot, but that right. I'm sorry. Anytime mm-hmm. you can carry Trent Dilfer to a Super Bowl, I'm, 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 I can't. Huh? Trent Dilfer, man. Anytime you can win a Super Look, anytime you can win four out of, three out of five games, not scoring an offensive touchdown. Okay, this is what I need you to do. I need you when you get a chance to do your research. Look at the quarterbacks they faced. I heard, I know that I know it. Spurgeon, went, I heard it on NFL um, when they did the top. Why, so I, that's why look, they, I, I heard it. They look played, at the teams in the office they played. It's not their fault, but didn't the playoffs? No. Didn't they? It's not their fault. In the playoffs, they played who? Brian Greasy and the Denver Broncos. Brandon, Rich Gannon, it was a league MVP. Oh, my man, Sir Goose took Rich Gannon out the game. So you take the core starting quarterback out of the game. What we went by? Seven? But we beat them 16-3. 16-3. But at that time, it was a closely contested game. We were only up by like three or seven at that time. You hurt their quarterback, their Pro Bowl quarterback. I mean, that's just how football is played back there. But let's not act like. Oh, what about Curry Collins, who just picked apart the Vikings for 41 points the week before? Once what again, you- once again, he. W- I don't give a damn what he did against the Vikings. He was still Curry Collins. And I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying 2,000 defense isn't an all-time great, isn't one of the best teams, one of the best defensive teams ever. But statistically, if you look at the 2004 and 2006. Those were great. Ain't no doubt about that. Right. But look at the offenses that they had to play and the things that they did. We lost in the playoffs to Peyton Manning off of five field goals. 15 to 6. I was there. We held Peyton Manning to five five field goals. Do you think that's true? 35 completion percent. As great as that 2000 Ravens team was, do you think that they were holding Peyton Manning to five field goals? All depends on the rules. I, I believe so, though. It depends on the rules. The rules were the rules back then. Yeah. I so, so my, but my whole point was those 2004-2006 defenses were out of this world. What championship did they win? Yeah. Did they win a playoff game? No. In 2014, they didn't even make the playoffs. <laughs> with 9-7. We were nine and nine and five last the last two games because fucking Cowboys. And that's my point. Even back then, in a, in a defensive, defensively dominated era, defense did, the best defense didn't win championships. So now, in an offensive league with offensive rules, y'all really expect defense to win championships? We are average thirteen point five points a game in the playoffs. Yeah, what y'all expect to win with that? I'm with you. I posted something earlier on Twitter. I said, man, we got to overload this receiver. I said, man, even with the Odell signing, I said, still get a receiver and still get D-hop. Why not? Why we can't overflow with the position that's been hurting us the most when we can overflow cornerback and stuff like that? Like, I don't get it. So That's my point. You you focus so much on a want. position. You focus so much on a position to stop wide receivers. 
You like that's heavily on your mind. Ever since Jimmy Smith been getting injured, we've been heavy on cornerback. But you don't want to focus on who cornerbacks have to cover. Like to me, I'm not understanding that portion of it. You want somebody to cover them, but you don't want people that need to be covered because you think you're going to run your way to a Super Bowl. Right. So, I, so all right, this last topic, then we get out of here. This was great, man. <laughs> Uh, the Ravens signed Odell Beckham Jr. So just give me your thoughts on that. Odell Beckham signing? That's right, sir. It's that this that championship. This is my league championship ring. This is my pickums ring. Gotta, you know what I'm saying? It's my this is my 2012 Ravens ring. Yeah, um, that shit was horrible, man. That was like a horror movie. <laughs> so the signing of Odell Beckham, like I don't I don't want to minimize it because I'm extremely happy that the Ravens actually went out. And pay for offensive talent. Like, I'm honestly, I don't, I don't care who it was. It's just that they took the initiative to make a play for somebody on offense. Like that to me, kudos to them. Now, the question is, is it too little, too late? Because of course, it is deployed to, to to entice Lamar to come back. It's all a part of that. But 18 mil, when the average this offseason has been 11. 11 mil? Yeah, that's been the average for receiver sign this year. Um, it's a little steep. Uh, they put the void years on, so if he doesn't get an extension, it's $11 million dead money next year, which is a part of the problem we have year after year as to why everybody wants to know, why can't we sign anybody? You know what I mean? Um, I'm happy. Like Odell, five years ago, awesome. Odell now, still the best wide receiver we got. Like, even two ACLs later, not even close. Two ACLs later, don't know what we're getting from him. Um, he's unfortunately he's the best receiver that we got. I'm happy for the Ravens finally doing something, but we need to do more because Odell is not a number one. He's to me, to me, to me. I'm not gonna say he's not to me. Odell's not a number one anymore. He has to prove to me he can stay healthy. Like Bateman, I wanted us to draft Bateman. People want to talk about what he could, should be. I need to see it because he's been hurt his first two years. J.K. Dobbins. Everybody wants to say how spectacular J.K. is. But if you actually put his numbers up on a three-year period, they're average. You know what I'm saying? They're av- If you put his numbers up, if you take another running back over his first three years and him over his first three years, J.K. has been average. Now, I know it's been injuries and other things, but I need people that I know are going to – consistently produce and none of those three players in the last three years have been able to stay healthy but once again i'm extremely excited that we went out and finally paid for defense now if you pay for offense i'm sorry pay for offense now if they decide darius slay would they still sign odell i seriously doubt it i seriously doubt it (laughs) but i guess I'm sorry, Raven C just in the in, just in the chat. Aiden, yeah, yeah, but like you said, um, yeah, and it's and it's shouldn't have took for you to possibly you think you're gonna lose your quarterback to do this. Like that's the part that blew me. Like that's the only reason I did this because he put the pressure on. It. Like man, I might, you know, man, if y'all don't show me some type of effort, like you signing Nelson Aguilar, I'm like, oh, that ain't gonna, that ain't gonna, yeah, that that wasn't gonna do it, like. Nothing against Aguilar has been a pro. He won a Super Bowl. Nothing against him. But I'm just saying that's just not going to be enough. Nobody. He's not going to scare nobody. Not even a D- Division Three defensive coordinator. So <laughs> all like, all like, oh, this is what y'all doing? Bet. Okay, I'm going back to my, you know, cutting off communication. You know, Steve Bashadi, he, he knows him season ticket holder. That's where he get off to his money at. You think they're going to roll out there and want to go see Will Levis, Anthony um, Richardson, uh, Cam Newton, Tyler Huntley? Any no anybody not named eight? Or, or or Patrick Mahomes? No, they're gonna they're gonna um they're gonna say you know what you can sell you can have this shit and to have that stadium is gonna be ghost town. People could talk about die hearts and ninety six all that, but let, let's be real. If he went out there, if he know that week one they roll out well levers, nobody's coming to watch that. Let's okay. So yeah, so they that, it shouldn't took that. They should have did this last offseason. Like Lamar, like uh, Marcus Williams was a good signing, but why not take that money and go get a receiver? So you know it's just like. It's just it's it's a step in the right direction. Like like still go get DeAndre Hopkins. That's still what go, I say. Still go draft Jackson Smith and Google. Like oh, it's gonna be too crowded. So what? So because the Bateman get hurt, 
Now, instead of you plucking receivers off people practice squad or go get old ass Sean Jackson or Des Bryant, you got guys that can come in and, and make plays. So it was like, I don't, I don't, I just was, that was bugging me. People was, I thought people would be more inclined like you, like, man, that's a good move. Go oh, double down. Oh, the cap, this, that. The cap is cap. But my question is, what is wrong with having too much talent? I don't understand that. I'm sorry, or offense, or offense. What is wrong with having too many good wide receivers? I don't get it. It's like they just saying, oh, this, then the third, whatever we're going to play Lamar like that. Like, if he gets an extension, that's going to open up cap space, geniuses. So, so, so that one, oh, man, Browns are so stupid. They just screwed themselves. And this, this is the third. Didn't the Browns just open up $30 million in cap space with Deshaun Watson? Yeah, you can always come back to the table. No, no, um, Raven, see, that's my guy. I'm a big dad, uh, dad's my fan. But I'm just saying, like, we shouldn't have to go pluck those type of receivers midseason when we could already load it up pre uh, beforehand, is what I'm basically saying. But no, dad's is my guy. I always respect that. Hey, guy, uh, hey, guy, hey, guy from Newark, this is my Super Bowl ring. This is my league ring. I won he, my league. He, he beat me in the playoffs. He kicked my ass. Uh, and also, oh, no, no, that was for that was the pickums. This is oh. what I beat you for. Oh shit! This is what I beat you for. This is what this is what I want. So yeah, am I rocking my my Super Bowl stuff? Yes, this is my league Super Bowl stuff, bro. Respect. I was I was in the water, man. I was, damn. I'm a three time champion this season. <laughs> I got, I'm rocking three championships. And Coach Evans, he coming out with his football. Thank you, sir. Coach Evans is coming out with his football league this season for his patrons as well. He got the, he got the chain. He got the chain. So next season, I'm gonna have five championships. I'm going from three to five next year. So y'all just go. I'm just gonna put it on my wall and have all my stuff hanging. Just be I'm ready. Call, I'm about to call you uh, Michael Hindu Jordan, <laughs> bro. I'm gonna have to write that down. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna have to put that as my tagline. <laughs> Hindu Jordan. <laughs> today's show. Sorry, we started off a little, you know, rocky, a little technology issues going on. Let me get, I'm gonna go and get my fix. But great show, man. Check out Hindu uh, Road uh, Road Podcast. You know, uh, Rain Kings. He's uh, I'm gonna join the Patreon this week. I'm gonna get an handful with them on the West Baltimore Tears. I'm a West Baltimore guy. So you know, definitely, man, support them. Support 410 Sports Channel. Uh, uh, TTB. Uh, Josh McConnor. Uh, Couch Raider Raven Report. Of course, Deep Cover Podcast with uh, Carrie Stevens and Michael Crawford, Chris, uh, Sip Two Tallies, Coach Evans, you know, we'll support him. Of course, Lunch Break High Tape. Uh, you know, my man Mike, who I just said OTR Mike, uh, Engraven, of course, you know, he's like the godfather. So, um, be part of um, Team Keep It Clean. Um, Kevin Allstrike and um, Locked On Ravens is doing a thing with the Locked On Network. So, go support everybody in the Ravens community. Like I said, we take time out of busy days, spend money on equipment, you know, to try to get up, get y'all some good. You know, consistent content. Oh, and um, Alex and I'm um, Sutton Death Two Purple Rain Podcast. So you know, go check those guys out, man. Support, man. It, it doesn't cost nothing to show support, man. It's just a click away, boom. And like I say, we all gonna have fun, and you know, we see y'all on each other's like platforms. Like later on, Hindu's going on Coach Evan show. They do a round table every Monday. I'm trying to. I'm still waiting to get it. Uh, I'm still waiting to get an invitation. I got. I got. It's like I wait to see somebody call out sick, but it's all good, coach. I know you got. Me. Yeah, you need me call out sick. I call out sick anytime. I'm looking for any opportunity not to stream. Yeah. But yeah, so definitely go say go go check all that stuff out. Remember, let Henry go ahead and do a little a little um, self advertising. Then you go back. Choo. Oh, okay. Um, you can catch me at the Rogue Pod doing the videos. I do. Jeez. Saturday night, hanging with Hendo, where we do outside of sports. We let the viewers pick the questions that we speak upon. You are all the narrators of that channel. We are just a mouthpiece. Uh, Sunday nights, I'm going to get back to doing my live streaming because football is starting to ramp up a little bit. Monday nights, like he said, we do the Ravens Roundtable on Sip the Tally Films. Tuesday, you can find me on Suge Knight's channel, Still Conspiracy. Fridays, you can catch me at 6 p.m. with my man, Mr. Galloway, Electric Relaxation, where we talk all things hip-hop, mostly old school. Though this new stuff, I can't really get with that. So, yeah, that's about it. Make sure if you want the ring, the belt, sign up to the Patreon. We have one spot left in the Dynasty League. If we start getting more people, I might start a second league or just do a regular fantasy league for that. You get a bunch of cool stuff. You get into the Discord where you can talk to other people from other channels. We have content creators help you out. 
Uh, we have a financial literacy that we're starting up so you can make money, helps you make money offline. You know, we just got a lot of good things that we have going on. We're building some things. Oh, and coming up July, late July, August, we are doing a meet and greet. We're doing a meet and greet. So if you are in the Howard County area around that time, tickets are about to go on sale probably in the next two and a half, three weeks. Stop on by. Come see us. We got some prizes, some giveaways, some food. And that's pretty much it. We, pretty much all we got going on for right now. I'm definitely going to pull up, man. I'm definitely going to be there and see all my guys. I'm looking forward to that, man. So I know Henry's going to keep me abreast on that. We talk daily. So, yeah. So, everyone, enjoy your Monday night. You know, um, tune in, watch wrestling, whatever you like to watch. NBA play in is um, starting tomorrow. My Thunder made it. Thank God. We're probably not the full call, but okay. So, just to make sure, I just remember everyone to trade, talk Ravens all day, every day from your host, Justin P. And my Hall of Fame guest, Michael <laughs> Henry Jordan. <laughs> Love y'all guys, and I'll be back Thursday. <laughs> you know what my thing is, you know, talk about more stuff. Love y'all, and I'm out.